What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Capes, the renegade pop culture superhero slash comic-centric podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me on this panel is our fearless leader, Kiona. Hello. My Fresh Takes co-host, Brock. Make sure Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane are going to be in Gotham Knights, damn it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially now when they're getting a little push in the comics. Yes. <laughs> and our guest for this evening, uh, Tyler Rodriguez. hey Yo. So we got a lot of things to cover tonight. Um, our main topic will be a review of The Boys on Amazon Prime. But first, we have some news to tend to. Specifically, this weekend was the virtual version of New York Comic Con. And I'll be honest, much, much like San Diego, uh, the fanfare wasn't, wasn't really quite there, at, le at least not compared to um, like the first day of DC Fandom, which was like mm -hmm. a massive global event. But it's amazing. Um, but just going around the horn, um, what are some of the highlights that that you picked up on? Um, Kiona, I'll start with you. Uh, I liked the Hellstrom panel, which I was surprised at. Uh, they showed a little bit of the show, and it at first I thought it looked pretty, um, you know, mundane. But um, actually, there's a little twist <laughs> in that preview that I kind of liked. So. Yeah, I'm willing to give that show a shot. It it'll probably like it it'll fit in the space where Constantine was for me, I think. Uh, except it's Marvel. And um I'm also gonna read some of the comics too. I'm gonna read the Max series that came out a little bit ago, but they called that one Hellstorm, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um but anyway, uh so there was that. There was the X of Swords panel, which was cool. The Ten of Swords panel, I mean, actually. Um it, it's the X-Men crossover that's happening in the comics right now. So that was kind of cool. Um, listening to like them talk about uh, the, the influence of tarot in this crossover, which is interesting. Um, also, the books have been really good so far. Uh, there's a Storm issue that was written by Vita Ayala, I think is her name, or their name. And um, yeah, they, they did a good job of uh, writing that issue, I thought. And it was nice to see a little bit of uh, Kitty Pride and Storm kind of have a couple of scenes at the beginning and the end of the issue. So that was cool. Um, what else at NYCC was good? I, I watched a little bit of the the Dark Knight's Metal, the uh, death metal panel that they had, um, which was interesting. Uh, Invincible, they debuted the trailer of Invincible. So that was cool. Oh, I know yeah. you're going to talk about that later on, Mike. And, and um, hmm, trying to... Let me see if I can remember. If I remember anything more, I'll, I'll let you know. All right, Tyler, did you catch? Did you catch any of the <clears throat> NYCC panels? Oh, oh, I did. Yeah, a few. <clears throat> uh, I was mostly interested in the stuff that was going on about uh, the stand. That was interesting to me. Nice. Yeah, I, I I quite like that Stephen King story. I wish you would get a good adaptation. And <laughs> uh, this this looks like it has a chance. I mean. I'll gotta have something interesting on uh, the streaming service with oh oh lord, which streaming service is even is that anymore? Yeah. By 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 the time the stand comes out, they'll probably have changed the name to uh, Paramount Plus. Yeah, I was gonna uh, like as, what's as, the name currently? Yeah, as as of as of now, they're still calling it CBS All Access, which the only reason I don't have it now 
um, because apparently, apparently I have every other ser service um, is because I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan. So I've, I was never in a rush to get the service just for discovery. And yeah. while, while we probably will cover lower decks on Tuned Up, um, Star Trek is, is one of those franchises that's, if, if, you're, if you weren't already like, like if you don't, if you weren't like kind of grandfathered into the franchise, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to get into it as a casual. So that's just, oh, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because you're like, okay, to get into the series, you must watch these episodes from the original series, these episodes from Next Generation series, these episodes from these series. It's like, uh, quality's all over the place when you look at something like, okay, I know everyone likes that episode Arena, but if you're not a hardcore fan, it is entirely hokey. Um, Brock, what about you? Uh, any uh, anything from the uh, the con that I'm going to be personally honest. When I first saw the trailer for it, I had no idea that it was a comic, but it's from Dark Horse. I am most interested in Resident Alien. <laughs> yeah, Actually, yes, I'm with you there. I, 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 I kept hearing about this. And I'm like, what? What is this? I need more Alan Tudyk in my life because I'm going to be honest. I was one of the few people that was absolutely pissed when Powerless got canceled because <laughs> I was like, that's a, such a cool idea. Just people that have to live in the world with all that going on i was like yes and then nothing and i'm like he doesn't have anything now and you know what you know why i like, don't ah. feel as bad you know why i don't feel as bad about powerless being canceled though like that same creative team would then go on to do harley quinn that is true that is also true. you'll find alan tudyk in literally every single disney animated feature this decade yeah, yeah you're not yeah. wrong <laughs> Oh, okay. I got a couple more here. Um, so the X-Men, the art and making of the animated series panel was cool. Um, of course, the boys cast interview was cool. They they had the Star Wars High Republic, Ooh. which I did not watch. So I, I'm going to watch that one, though. Um, I, I saw it. I thought it was all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just mainly for information, really. Just because mm -hmm. I want to I want to know a little bit more of what's going on. Also, they had Ready Player Two on there. Yeah, <laughs> Ernest Klein. Uh, if Josh were here, uh, I'll, I'll pick up his steed because I restart the clock. We mentioned Ready Player Two. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll pick up his steed because I am not a big fan of Ernest Klein's work. Oh no! Oh, dude, um, you. I don't think any of us you, are. Tyler, you should go. You should go back and listen to um, our our free for all episode where Josh went on a tirade. Um, breaking down all of Ernest Klein's material. The objectively only good thing to come out of his work was that uh, podcast, like 173 pages, you're not going to get back. That was worth it, I think, maybe. Nice. And um, I, know, I, I know we joke we joke about it a lot, but I actually really am looking forward to, at, at the very least, skimming through Ready Player Two. Oh, me just too. Be, just because of every everything that i've heard about the book i've i've only seen the movie once in theaters yeah and the movie's a lot better than the book i'll just say that yeah. he's he's like uh he's like the film version of like the the game director david cage i'm like oh i hate his work but i look forward to it every time because i'm that is never so bored that is so true it is a train wreck they, oh dude you just made my day he's a train wreck on wheels but you're like how bad is he gonna screw it up i need to see <laughs> how long does it take before the game goes off the rails from being really good oh it's such a good comparison <laughs> yeah exactly it's like oh i like 
I can't wait to read what's going to happen. This chapter, is he going to freaking like stalk his girlfriend even harder? We'll never know. <laughs> Where's the woman empowerment that gets taken away in two seconds? I need to see it. <laughs> Where's the pseudo Reddit rant about atheism? I want more of that. <laughs> Uh, you got you, oh, you gotta you gotta love the, that that class of like disaster disaster artists. My souls of the world. <laughs> yeah, and he is certainly it because he genuinely thinks this is a great book. Mm-hmm. That that that's what makes it all the more heartbreaking, or funny. No, it, that's it's what funnier. I always say about supervillains. The best supervillains are the ones who believe they're correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And this one, like, it was the most horrifying, like, eye-opening when I went on his website, and it's like, oh my god, this website is layered like a 1980s freaking overdose. <laughs> it's like it, it's a Super Nintendo. It's connected to a Sega. It's connected to it. Ah. Interscline, um, you're a mess, and I love you. <laughs> So I didn't actually I didn't actually get to see like the panel um, for this, but I saw images of the like the first look of of uh, Hulu's Modoc series. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I saw the and, panel. Um, it, this this is one of those this is one of those times where I really wish John <coughs> John Schnepp was still still yeah. alive with us because yeah. like he he would have been freaking out about about this. He was the one one hardest Modoc stand you could ever see in your entire life, and his impersonations. I wish you could have John voicing him. Oh, that would have been so cool. <laughs> yeah, it he's it was just anybody go back through old footage. You could probably find a compilation too of just like his body movements and how his arms moved and everything, or just hearing John Schnepp's rant when he was on. I believe it was the Schmoes know about the Transformers series. Oh God, that, but, that is but, legendary. Yeah, but anyway, that looks like it's straight out of Robot Chicken. It it does. Um, I just hope <laughs> though, it's, I hope though it's it's better than some of that team's recent output. Um, a, while, a while ago, um, Cameron and I reviewed uh, Crossing Swords, which like only, only Cameron saw, but like he like he told me like um that it was one of the worst cartoons that he saw uh yeah. in 2020. Yikes. But Pat Oswald's involved, <laughs> so I have I have faith that this is gonna be at the at least marginally better. Yeah, I believe so. Is Pat um, Oswald Modoc? I yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Okay. Uh now Fiona, <gasps> you saw you saw the panel. How uh what'd you think? Um, it was it was a good panel. It was entertaining to watch. I I, I don't know about the show itself. Uh, they showed a little preview of it, and I didn't really care for it. Honestly, it seems like something that would be something that I would watch or, or be excited for because I love Robot Chicken <clears throat> and all that. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Does it does it not feel as fresh because shows like Harley Quinn? And I guess even Venture Brothers too have, have like already. Um... Maybe it's that. Yeah, that's that's fair. I just I I kind of um, yeah. For me, I don't know. It just feels like it doesn't really work for me, and I I can't really pinpoint why that is. It visually, it looks really really good. Like like man, these guys have come a long way from the first season of Robot Chicken. You know, mm-hmm. like the technology has definitely improved and all that, but. I say technology, but you know, I just mean like stitching basically. But I mean, it's like, yeah, 
yeah, they, uh, I would say that for me, it's just, it, it seems okay for what it is, but yeah, MODOK, MODOK is not my favorite Marvel villain to begin with. So maybe that's why mm-hmm. I, I, for, for does the it remind fans, you of Marvel Avengers? Is that why you don't like it? Maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just the, the juxtaposition of the Avengers game and this now. And it's just like, maybe it's too much MODOK. Can you have too much MODOK in your life? I just don't know. Uh, well, you can't have too much Kamala Khan. Oh, we, we, we could, we could always, have, we could always have more Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan is an awesome character that they ruined in the game for me, personally. Uh, I don't think she was that bad. I, I, I thought she was annoying. But, you know, doesn't have to do with it. It's not the actor's fault or anything. It's not the actress's fault who brought her to life. It's just the script was kind of, you know, bad. And just the fact that they had the the whole game. Okay, we're turning into an episode of Arcade here. But the whole game is, <laughs> is like, you know, it, it rests on a fan fiction contest. And that's how she got there. And that's how she... It, yeah, I know it's contrived, but at least with her, I kind of got a bit more attached to her because, well, the other Avengers characters are basically just the, well, the <laughs> yeah, how to put this yeah. other than to quote Spaceballs and say they're the uh, the stunt doubles. <laughs> yes, they <Yeah>. were. Yes, they were. I just watched Spaceballs too. It, it's 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 so, it's good. so good. It's so yeah. So um. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, did you guys hear about this show called The Watch? I the heard BBC about America it. Thing? I heard about it, but I I don't really know much about it. Okay, oh, they is, did isn't a... that the uh, Terry Pratchett one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's I I that that's about the extent of my knowledge. Yeah, that same. I, I remember curious, read so some of Discworld. It's a good book. Dude, Brock, they have a raw superstar panel. <laughs> Okay, I gotta go back and watch that. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and watch that. Monday Night anyway, Raw. Uh, yes. More, more, more evidence that we need a wrestling podcast. A wrestling podcast. Yeah. We okay. Do. So, oh, but yeah, uh, um, some cool stuff at NYCC. I think that they did a little bit of a better job in terms of presenting it than uh, than San Diego Comic Con did, in my opinion. Uh, is that is that because the pan like the panels were um, they had like premieres instead of just yeah. I think I, so. I, I think because they kind of highlighted stuff more or they they just had a better presence on YouTube um, because that's how I'm primarily watching it. Yeah. I, I, I've been getting like emails from Re- from Repop because because I've been to Comic-Con in the past. So like mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of been keeping up with like what's going on. But also I've also just been stalking the YouTube channel and clicking on you know the ones that have interested me the most you guys think that maybe this time around they were a little bit less of what i want to say uh let let <clears throat> they were a little bit more motivated just because of how hard um dc fandom brought it compared to they were like people were like comic-con sucked dc fandom was amazing do you think maybe they were kind of like we should try maybe <laughs> it's possible <laughs> maybe like, this off-brand first-time thing took your event that is known for kicking ass every year behind the woodshed and shot it in the back of the head. <laughs> Maybe you should try a little harder. <laughs> like, just, it was like, yeah, and I did not watch the full event myself, but from what it sounds like, you guys, it sounds like it was maybe like a point or two above what the other one was just because they had more content? Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I, th- I think that's, 
it's it's that and also ge like generally speaking when i think what i think i've always kind of liked about new york comic-con a little bit more than <coughs> diego is that the like the panels are usually are usually like um like the stuff that they're showcasing is a little bit more immediate yeah like for for, for example and i'll probably bring this up when we um on the next episode of tuned up they had a they had a uh, panel for DreamWorks's Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts, and yes, and the like the final season premieres tomorrow. Oh yeah, okay. Like I get what that, you're that, that's that's what I'm talking about when I say like immediate like immediacy. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's kind of like Hellstrom is coming out on Friday too. So yeah, it reminded me of certain like E3s where Xbox would go, and this is available now. Now, yeah, <laughs> can't do your seats. You got a copy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, uh, they did a Mortal Kombat thing with Ed Boon too. That's pretty cool. Ooh. Yeah, because of the recent DLC announcement, which was yeah. very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yep. it was really good. Rambo the fact that in your Mortal Kombat, I like it. The fact that they got the guy back to actually do the voice lines from Shao Kahn is the best because yes. he says all of them. Oh, all of them that's awesome <laughs> oh, believe me i know because when i played mk11 back in the day i think it took me like five hours to beat them so i think i have all those lives memorized <laughs> <laughs> that's the nice oh and they're doing uh they had the animaniacs cast and producing mm, yep. panel that's and they either. also had uh valiant panel because valiant <clears throat> comics is one of the companies that i really like so that's cool um, yeah, one, they did a good one job thing, this year, I think. One more thing I want to talk about before we dive into the Invincible trailer is they had they had a panel for um, the Batman uh, Death in the Family inter interactive yes um, film and the, like the way they described the way they described the like the interactive part of the movie was was just so fascinating. I I love I love how passionate these guys are about like about the source material about revisiting under the red hood which is mm -hmm. still my favorite um batman directed video movie oh yeah oh, and really al and also like um how, how they explained they like they explained how they wanted to sort of recreate for newer fans who weren't around in the 80s to um to like to vote whether to kill or save jason todd i i, I think i think both come down like an incredibly narrow amount oh yeah like i i think it was like yeah i i, I think like um the like the winner was like by by like maybe one vote now, wasn't there something where I, this could be total crap but wasn't there something where like someone rigged a phone to call in there repeatedly to get him killed. I've, I've, I've heard, like that? I've heard sure. that before. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard that. One. <laughs> I, I, I kind of always do love like fan participation. It reminds me, I think, was it the third Gears of War game where it's like, if you vote this way, we'll kill off this side character or not? Oh yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, um, I forget the character's name. Uh, Clayton Carmine. Carmine. Oh yeah, the Carmines. Uh, also, before anyone comments, I meant MK9, not MK11. I know how you MK <laughs> fans are like. Don't correct me. That's why I waited. I'm like, they're all together. And now when they're doing <laughs> timelines, I don't blame you for getting messed up. <laughs> oh man. But, yeah. my, my one my one disappointment though with um Death in the Family is that like the it, like the interactive part is only for for the physical disc. I on, yeah. di on digital, I think hmm. I, I think it's just like um 
it's just like all the different options um, like viewed separately, mm-hmm. which which kind of takes the fun out of, out of it um, for those who yeah. are physical media collectors. Yeah, that's kind of the main gimmick here. Yeah, but 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 then again, um, if 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 this gets me to buy the DVD, then 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 so be it. That's true. <laughs> uh, they had a Batman Beyond cast interview as well, so that's a that should be an interesting panel to watch. I just couldn't fit in all these panels, so yeah, I I, can... I had a hard time fitting in everything. Um, the Venom King and Black thing is kind of interesting as well because I've I've. I enjoyed what I read of Absolute Carnage, so I'll give that a shot. You should read Minimal Carnage. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. It's a thing. You should go Oh, I'm read not it. surprised. Yeah, yeah, Minimal Carnage, sure. Yeah. Is, is, is Donny yeah, Cates writing that one too? I have no idea. I, I never checked who wrote it because someone just sent me some panels and sent me the cover, and it's just a bunch <laughs> of tiny, itty-bitty Carnages going at <laughs> Oh, geez. yeah. Carnage is like second awesome. only to like the Punisher when it comes to absurd titles that actually are real. Speaking of, okay, now that I have a chance to talk about this, like with absurdity, nothing beats the one time where it was, I would believe it was a Ukrainian mob boss where the Punisher drugs him, takes him out to the woods while he's asleep. He loops the guy's intestines around a tree, but then drugs him up so much that he won't die from the pain and clauterizes his wounds. The guy wakes up and he goes, let's talk. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, the best one for me was from, uh, was it from Welcome Back, Frank? The one where it's like the guy's like, oh, someone dug up the Punisher's family. Yeah, they pissed on his family's grave. <laughs> and he's eating a burger into the camp, like the freaking like panel is just him going like, like oh, it's so great. <laughs> Oh, and, like, and, people in the, and people in the restaurant are going like, man, I feel bad for that guy. He signed his death warrant like 10 times over. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, I learned about half this for Matt McMuscles, but yeah. Me man, too. Me too. It's ridiculous. Comics are weird. Yeah, they are. They, <laughs> have, they have their moments. We didn't even mention the Geisha storyline. <laughs> Do you remember that one where, where Punisher and Wolverine were fighting each other and then Wolverine opens his, his like, he beats up the punisher and then he opens up a bag and and like a duffel bag and then all these muscle magazines fall out and he goes like well frank that explains a lot and then he like walks that That was like i remember because that was when i was on the uh the comics fan message boards back in the day and like frank thierry was all was was talking to people about it and he said that he wrote that because garth ennis wrote like a punisher issue where like he totally beat up wolverine so Frank Thierry oh. got in there and he wrote like a Wolverine uh, issue where he beat up the Punisher. Uh, that's funny. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, if you ever want to be sarcastic, just just use the Punisher. It's so yeah, easy. That should be a, a capes version, a version of this where we just bring up our favorite, most ridiculous storylines. Like I can finally go into depth about Rain <laughs> and many other stupid Spider-Man stories. <laughs> just have a whole go at about the stupidest stuff we've ever read. That would be a lot of fun. Speaking of Spider-Man, we have we have some news to cover in a little bit, but before we get there, I, I want to dive a little bit into um, the Invincible trailer mm-hmm. because this has this ha- this cast is probably one of the most stacked I've seen for any show, animated or otherwise. Mm-hmm. For, first of all, in- Invincible is a um, it's a, it's a property by Robert Kirkman um, and, and Skybound Entertainment. 
and <laughs> it looks great. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, yeah, created by Robert Kirkman and artist uh, Corey Walker, illustrated by by artist Ryan Otley. Uh, it was a comic that came out in 2002. And for, for the longest time, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were, were trying to get a movie off the ground. But then it was announced a couple years ago that Amazon was making an animated series. And this, like, the series looks, looks pretty good. It, it, it kind of looks like um, the animation design of like, of like Young Justice and those like DC yeah. animated films. Oh yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, I actually first remember that series from I believe it was the Telltale Walking Dead game. They kept throwing in Invincible references, and I'm like, "What is this?" Google. Okay, this is kind of interesting. It's a, it's a good comic series. Uh, yeah, I hope they throw good. the the was a dinosaurus in there. That character was fun. It's basically uh, yep. it's basically super dinosaur, but he's in this comic now. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, the animation yeah. looks really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, here, here, here's just like some of the names we have. Stephen Young as yep. um as the main like as, yeah. the main character uh, Mark Grayson uh we have J.K. Simmons playing his dad Nolan or mm -hmm. Omni Man um then we have Sandra O oh, Mark Hamill Seth Rogen plays Alien the Alien nice <laughs> um Gillian Jacobs plays uh samantha eve walken or wilkins or adam i adam eve mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, she's great and then there's zazzy beats uh walton goggins uh jason madsukas as uh red as rexplode that's like perfect name for him <laughs> yep Rex. um carrie payton is uh black samson zachary quinto is uh robot or uh, Rudy Connors. And then, then the Walking Dead. This is this is the comic you're missing. These names give away just how much fun Kirkman is. Mm -hmm. oh. uh, Kevin Michael Richardson plays uh, the Mowler twins and Monster Girl. That'll be interesting. Hmm. And Mahersha Ali as Titan. Um, I, I I could go on, but this but this li this list goes like forever. Oh, and also Gray Griffin as um, Shrinking Ray. So yeah, there's there's awesome. a lot of a lot of talent in this. Yeah, Greg Griffin is awesome. Yeah, Ray Delisle. Uh, I'm I'm sure it wasn't very hard for him to get Steve Ewan in the lead role. It's like, hey, Kirkman calling you. Would <laughs> be another thing I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty, I'm pretty sure Cameron and I are gonna talk more about this on Tuned Up, but I I just need a second to gu to gush about this now because I know how much like I like I know how much. Um, Kirk, like Kirkman has wanted, has wanted to get an adaptation of this off the ground, and I'm 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 glad that the success of The Boys, and other um, comic book properties has like, has made this possible. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. Also, also Doom Patrol's probably helped a little bit on that too. Not as much as The Boys, but a little bit. Yeah. Well, I the boy the boys is more directly responsible because of Amazon Prime. Yeah. But yeah, we're. We are living in a great, a great time uh, for comic book adaptations. So great that Marvel has um, has decided now it's time to introduce general audiences to the multiverse. And boy howdy, <laughs> they are uh, 
they're pretty much going all in with phase four. Yeah. So that's a light way to put it. They, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so as as far as we know, things kick off in, I believe, December with uh WandaVision, which ties into Doctor Strange and the and the madness of the multiverse. And then it was announced that Doctor Strange will be in Spider-Man 3. And also Jamie Foxx is coming back to is coming back. Um, that was the one where I'm like, what in the bloody blue hell are you doing? I'm like, are you just giving him a second chance as Electro or is he that Electro? And then I'm like, okay, I guess he's that Electro. I'm like, I, I, well, I think about, it has to be a, it has to be a redo. That. I'm, I'm thinking it's like a, like Deadpool has to be a do-over. Oh, yeah, I get that. It's just that he's not their Electro. He's someone else's that happens to be coming here. I'm like, okay. What, what, what's, in, what's interesting is um, Jamie Foxx posted on Instagram like a little, a little bit about, about him coming back as Electro. Um, he deleted the tweet, though, but in the, but in the description, he said, like, um, I'm not, I won't be blue this time. But I'll still be a thousand percent badass. Yeah. Was Gap Tooth still be fixed? Uh, that, oh. Let's hope so. <laughs> oh. I that movie. I saw that movie once, but I will never forget having him having like the largest like Gap Tooth I've ever seen on a man, and then like electricity managed to fix it. They had to show all of the things of all of them. <laughs> it fixes his teeth. <laughs> And I'm like, that's a really good origin for him, though. Experimental eels and stuff like that. I'm like, that's really cool. And that happens like a minute later. And I'm just like, yeah, too many cooks, too many cooks. <laughs> Honestly, all I ask for is that Jamie Foxx is wearing the classic Electro costume with, you, with, with the helmet and everything. I was about to ask, do you think they'll do that or how they did it in the Marvel Spider-Man where that's a scar on his face? <laughs> Oh, no. what, what, whatever oh, they I hope not <laughs> but I just I just really want the helmet if yeah. if if Mysterio if Jake Gyllenhaal gets to wear the, <laughs> the, fish to wear bowl, the fish bowl they yep. did pull it off yeah, he, he did, did. Uh, oh, Keon, man, thoughts, that's, thoughts that's on great. all of this madness of yep. the multiverse you know I I say bring it on I say just go nuts why not at this point you you, you Marvel has done like the end game thing. They're an established force in cinema. You might as well just just go completely off the rails and see what sticks. I don't know. At this point, you, you can always just reboot it. If it doesn't work, if people end up hating it, you can always just reboot it, recast the whole thing and just I mean, know. people they forgive me for the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. So to me, I'm just like, bring it on. Bring yeah. on Jamie Foxx's Electro again. Cause you know what? I didn't hate Amazing Spider-Man 2. I actually did not. So I didn't hate it either, but it, it's, it, it's not great. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> it, it, it is, um, it feels way more um, cynical in um, yeah. by design, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not one of those people who like, who villainizes Sony for existing. No, no, no. I, but this they, one you they, can kind of get away with slightly. I mean, it was like the only one that hurt dollar signs when I saw that character walking down a hallway, which is like, hey, there's that character's outfit, there's that character's outfit, cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, they're setting up a Sinister Six thing, so I know, but oh. it's like, 
the thing that killed yeah. me like why, why is doc ock's arms there I'm like it is going to give it to some guy hey your dog octopus now that, go that's true yeah, yeah yeah i remember an old story that stanley wrote where his arms literally broke out of jail to come in and find <laughs> Otto octavius that's awesome that was like one of the first stories i ever read <laughs> that that's the sort of silliness i live for yeah, yeah. I, I love that that if I they love. had done that that would have been awesome but i mean like, like you know what though i love the emma stone andrew garfield chemistry so that's the thing that, that really was good coming back yeah. it yeah. was and i hope that man what bugs me out about i'm not mad that we have zendaya and one thing i really respected about what they were doing with the amazing spider-man films is they were actually going to do no peter had gwen first mm-hmm then you got to MJ and man, you couldn't have gotten much better than Emma Stone. And I will tell you right now, I do not like that damn film, (laughs) but that scene where she gets knocked down the clock tower and you see her head crack off the pavement. I'm like, okay, you did it harder than the comics did. Cause there was not though. Oh no, I didn't realize her neck snapped when I stopped her. No, she and then they show the blood coming out of her nose. I'm like, okay, oh. I, I need to sit down for a little bit. What? Yeah. Oh. I, I, uh, <laughs> as 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 far as like singular scenes in all the previous Spider-Man films, pro- probably one one of the best. And like, yeah, one of the best were, and like Gwen Stacy's death and the the Sandman transformation from Spider-Man Three. Oh, I thought yeah. you were going to say mm. when he plays the itsy bitsy spider on the electrodes. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's a valid answer. That's that's but just, yeah, that's just. But silly. yes, you are very correct about the yeah. Sandman thing. That is very beautiful. The music and everything—it's amazing. And when he can't grab his daughter's locket right away, mm-hmm. oh, so good. Yeah. Shame it's attached to the rest of a movie. Now <laughs> uh, we're we're. We're, we're, we're talking a lot about all of the previous Spider-Man films, so mm-hmm. I think now's a good time to... Well, well, we went to Spider-Man 3, so we got another Spider-Man 3. That won't at all cause problems with the people. <laughs> well, ab- about that, there's there's a, uh, a rumor going around um, that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Toby Maguire will somehow end up in Spider-Man 3, creating mm. a I guess live action into the Spider Verse, and then isn't where... it they're each gonna fight at one of their old um, villains? Is wasn't that kind of part of that rumor? Like that's why Electra's back because he's gonna fight Andrew Garfield. And then I tell you, I don't care how bad that movie is. If I get to hear Willem Dafoe back as the Goblin, avenge me just one more time. <laughs> It's worth it for those two seconds. We'll meet again, Spider-Man. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Okay, that actually would make it completely worth it. It's like, like how my favorite moment of uh, the last film was when, oh my God, they brought back J.K. Simmons. I had to beat an old lady with a stick to get these beans. God. <laughs> <laughs> you got this PlayStation 5 pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, so uh, where did that rumor originate, Mike? Uh, yeah, I was bane, about to say, I was about to the say, the bane of my existence. You... We got this covered. Uh, a website, hmm. a website that should be, it should be labeled for entertainment only. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen websites like this before. There was, there was Movie Pilot, 
there's um cosmic big cosmic cosmic book news yes um yes there's like every every few years we get like one of these like grace randolph's comic book thing um i i think she she had she had an old channel before beyond the the trailer it was it was like like, it's something the ink right yeah um think think ink i think it was terrible day like it had had the word ink in it it could be think ink it had ink in it but she was another one where it was just like so someone's dealer on the street told me (laughs) (laughs) my my first introduction to her was like an imdb where it's like hey check out this review from this lady and then just like I personally think that the first Fifty Shades of Grey film was a feminist masterpiece. I'm like, done. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're, what, I, we're, I just what we're trying to tell like you is don't, don't believe everything you read. Make sure if you're going to spread around news, make sure it comes from a reliable source. If it's from We Got This Covered, don't share it. No. Please. No. My favorite meme is you know the the Captain America in Spider-Man Homecoming? I know you're going with this. He just mm-hmm. sits down in the chair and he goes, "So, you got a story for we got this covered." <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's so perfect. It fits it so well. It's just, and they're aware of it too. At some points, I'm so well they're aware that they get clicks from just absolute horseshit that they try harder. Yeah. To be fair, they they also probably are a war criminal at this point too. Have, have you guys noticed, like on Twitter, there are like a there are a bunch of like bot accounts that only share "We got this covered" stories. Oh yeah, I'm uh, surprised. That's a hell. Like no like, one else is gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, like they're like they're all disguised as like DC fan twenty twenty like twenty sixty seven or. <laughs> <laughs> Entertainment bot one five three. David Ayer was okay <laughs> four five two. <laughs> yeah, Snyder I, cut twenty thirty eight. And and you you can you can tell they're bots because, like they'll, like they'll have a caption of like describing the article the article, but like, um, but the tweet itself has like no no comments, no like a handful of likes and maybe like one retweet. My favorite thing is their description of the article will be the exact title of the article that they're sharing. (laughs) So it's an exact copy of like, oh yeah, you're not a bot. Not whatsoever. (laughs) Oh man. But anyway, back to the news. Um, If, if we had to select, and I'm just being an asshole at this point, thinking of this, if this rumor is somehow true, I, I somehow want, (laughs) if we could get it because it was supposed to happen and it will not happen. They were setting it up pretty hard, and I'm pretty sure that there was a substantial amount of groundswell behind it, that in eventually they were setting up Bruce Campbell to be Mysterio in those original movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <clears throat> if yeah. somehow Tobey Maguire comes back and there's another Mysterio that Tom Holland's Spider-Man has to deal with, but it's Bruce Campbell... <laughs> Dude. Oh my God! Please, please. I'd be for it. Well, well we we know he's gonna be obviously in the next Doctor Strange movie. I just don't know what. <clears throat> I don't know. And that Delta's gonna show up again too. I I gotta say, like having Sam Raimi directing, uh, multiverse like Madness in the Multiverse, gets me so much more excited than anything else in the MCU. 
I absolutely agree. Because before I'm like, oh, you know, this could be interesting. Who's directing? Okay, where's my ticket? Above <laughs> or below 60% with him directing that we get Shumagorath to show up in Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> I'll, I'll say slightly under. Okay. I'll say yeah, 70%. I'm just mm. like, if anyone's going to put him in a movie for two seconds, it's going to be him. I'll go oh, yeah. maybe... 55 okay all right a little over half but yeah if anybody's gonna do it you're right it's gonna be in yeah oh. that's just cool that sam raimi's involved in the mcu i think that's awesome yeah i, yeah. Need, I need more sam raimi in my life frankly i want to have like a bit of a redemption because he hasn't done a ton of interesting things lately yeah at, like at, at most he's been he's been producing a lot more yeah um, which is fine which is fine but i keep hearing like he's gonna read it was a direct like a remake of like that french gangster film a prophet i heard about it at one point i'm like no don't do that please no this is his first big directing gig in a while he's probably gonna have a lot of pent up just drills ready to go for what he wants to do in a movie and you're gonna have a lot of opportunity to do whatever the hell you want when there's multiverse involved yeah it wasn't yeah. the last one like oz the great and powerful yeah it's been a while oh god <sighs> holy crap yeah, that, that was like seven years ago. Yeah, 2013, April 2013. I remember that. Jeez. Time is slipping away. <clears throat> um, so, are you guys ready to talk the boys yet? Or do you have yes. any other lingering thoughts? Bring you on the boys. You want to be my lover. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't think of the boys without <laughs> thinking Spice Girls now. It's in my head. I can't. Ginger Spice you. or nothing else. <laughs> I don't know about you, but like, Anytime I think of the boys, I'm immediately drawn to Billy Joel. That, that, that is very true. Thanks to uh, to Huey Campbell and his obsession oh, with Billy Joel. Huey. This season did not start the fire. <laughs> it was always burning. Exactly. Pressure! It's always been burning. Since World War II? Uh, I guess. Apparently. I guess. She was getting some Nazi dick and that started to fire. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where white genocide came from. It did. <laughs> okay, Homelander's so before, before, face when she says it. So before we dive into into season two, um, just really just really quick, um, what what does everyone think of of the series as a whole? Great. Loving it. It is great, and we're loving it. And I will admit that I love it. But, and I have not read the comics, so I cannot say that they're not just doing it because the comics does it. My only problem that I have with the show mm -hmm. is that at some points it seems like, and again, these could be direct moments from the comics. Like I know one was, and we'll get into that later. And um, it's just kind of like, we needed to have something really kind of controversial to make people feel uncomfortable there it's just there for two seconds and it cuts away and it was like the moment for me in season one was and then it carries on for a little bit so i was okay with it but like the breast milk thing the first time was still while well, i was kind of like um what the fuck is going on and then the fingers and the mouth simulating the breast feeding i'm like what what am i watching what in the actual fuck am i watching but uh, yeah. yeah, Homelander yeah. is is not okay. 
No, he's not. But like, it's not it's okay. Series. It's not but, okay. It, but yeah, it's One like the show. Say. The show is great. It, it's it's exactly what it wants to be, and I understood that as it went along, and but, I got the gist of it. So yeah, there was just there was a couple times where it's just like that's just kind of to be controversial at points. And there's one that I will bring up again. I'm very sure it's in the comic because it's a direct rip off of other things superheroes have done, but we'll get it. Yep. Yep. And this season has led to the weirdest things where I'm like, someone in public will go, you know, I just really love Stormfront. I'm like, what are you? To- oh, right. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I, I just I don't like the word Nazi. I haven't read um, the boys comic either, but I like I kind of know about it through just cultural osmosis. Yeah. And one of the things I like about the show is that kind of kind of like how Matthew Vaughn's how Matthew Vaughn has adapted uh, Mark Millar's uh, comics. Um, Eric Kripke and um, and Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg have done a really good job of um, like t- taking taking Garth Ennis's work, which is at at times like very mean-spirited yes um mm-hmm. and he like they um he does a great job of like say like sanding off some of, like the like the rougher edges and adapt like um adapting the material to uh like updating the material so that it like um it really it really like adapts to like the modern landscape of superheroes like season one really leaned into like criticizing um like the like the media's obsession with superhero culture like blockbusters that are you know movies like the avengers which are like always at the top of the box office and then just Mm -hmm. all the all all like the hoopla surround surrounding superheroes and season two, season two is when it gets a whole lot better because now they're, now they're using superheroes as like, as like even sharper commentary for like, uh, like current events. Yep. Um, one of those big current events is Zack Snyder. <laughs> oh yeah. Or I yeah. should say Justice League. <laughs> yep. Also, also um, the, like the, the, like the scene like early early in season two where they were shooting the girls get it done promo oh was it was a great like it, it was a great like take that at um at the end game moment where where all the all the female avengers kind of joined forces oh you yes. knew how to join forces for that one moment even though they were clearly like about 60 feet apart in different directions and had no clue peter parker was there yep <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we had to have some corporate feminism thrown in there because we we had to. I get that, but you could have just had her going <laughs> I along. Still like a, that scene. That, I, I still have a problem with that scene. I don't hate it, but I, I know exactly what they're trying to do. Oh yeah, I get, I course, get that. And the idea of that scene could have been done a little bit better because it's like, yeah, absolutely. I got right. it. We're gonna give it to Captain Marvel, who is the invincible super being that just took down a carrier. I don't know how you're gonna get through all those jobbers to get to that van. Oh wait, <laughs> we're here. The here Pepper Potts will save the day. <laughs> don't worry, okay. you got you got Repo Man and pre two thousand Christian right there. That's all you have to get. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Dude, Repo Man would have just made short work of those jobbers. <laughs> you would have took that van and the gauntlet and made them pay for it. That's right. Uh, 
would have repossessed it. But yeah, anyway. Your ass was, is mine now. It is. <laughs> Every scene they have in those like promos and stuff like that, they're appropriately cringy. And yeah. I appreciate it. And that was one of the main ones. The, like the one the one detail I've I've loved about um the series as a whole is the, like like the use the use of their use of color like you know you know what's what's real and what's fake um yeah. based on like um the color grading yeah like, yeah like you know you know it's a, it's either a movie or a promo when it's like when it's like the full like fully colored up like colored but when mm-hmm. it's but when it's like darker tinted that's the real world yeah mm-hmm. And yes, we all we all know that that aesthetic is ripped right from Zack Snyder's uh, DC universe. It works. It works. Uh, yeah, it's. I I try to explain this series to people at work that don't know anything about like non-mainstream superhero movies, mm-hmm. and trying to explain to them that the superheroes in this show like are the people actually starring in their own movies and stuff like that, and that they have like their own stock market like retail and things and they're just like that sounds like the dumbest thing i've ever heard and i'm like that's part of the point Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be how stupid it could get if these people were real (laughs) and then like i explained one thing that i believe it was on the x-men podcast i could be the second x-men retrospective podcast where we talked about how they could no it was dc fandom that's why because we Mm -hmm. brought up evil superman Yes. One thing that we thought where it's like they kind of overdo evil Superman sometimes and it kind of be cliched and some points where Superman is so unbelievable they have to make him evil to make interesting stories. This is a totally different version. This is not an evil Superman. This is a douchebag Superman <laughs> of like what he would get if he just no one ever tried to oppose him and he knows full well no one can and he uses that to an advantage where it's just like I have to get this out of the way before I get anywhere. Like Anthony Starr needs to be Albert Wesker yesterday. Yes, and I, yes, I just, yes. And I, I can never not see it. Him talking with Stillwell or, uh, oh, he's from Breaking Bad. I can't think of his name. Um, Mr. Mr. Edgar. Mr. Edgar. Ed, yeah, yeah. That is just Dad him. Ta- yeah. yeah. That is just Wesker talking about bioweapons. That's all it is. I'm like that guy. The guy from Girl Academy. His name escapes me. He will do fine. But if you ever need to step down, give him a small country. I don't care what you need to do. Get Anthony Starr's Wesker immediately. <laughs> I, I, he can I, do an accent. He's from like Australia. Was it? He's like he's a Kiwi. He can do New anything. Zealand. Yeah. Yep. It, oh, oh. The the reason why Homelander is such a good evil Superman is because is because he was not raised by Martin and Pa Kent. He did not have a Jonathan or Martha, um, so the only the only way to like to write a good and compelling evil Superman is to ensure that he's um, under Arrested Development. Like a Superman in Arrested Development means he's he he was not raised by loving parents. So he was raised by the Bluth family. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I joke, but that actually be kind of similar. Actually, it really is. But yeah, that's that's what makes him interesting, and I also I, thought, I also think it kind of makes the ending of the season um, pretty tragic because towards towards the end, it like they they set up him like kind of forming his own family, 
by like trying to be a father to the bastard child Ryan and um and Stormfront being like the surrogate mama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um yeah, that that went well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> she got it hard. <laughs> I saw mm. Tony put in a comment on his status that that was I think I believe it was Tony put up that that was one of the most well-deserved and well-put-out ass-kickings in a TV show ever. And I thought that the three-on-one was what he meant, and that was part of it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fact that she's still sitting there spewing German rhetoric while pretty much getting Anakin on the freaking side of that forest is just... I just I like... She, you know what she was talking about? Like they, somebody translated it, and oh. apparently she was talking about a memory that she had with, um, was it with, uh, oh god, I have to bring that up, but I think it was with like Rommel or or somebody like that, or like Heinrich Himmler. Yeah, one of them. I think it was more of a general. I think it might have been Rommel, which, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, something like a memory or something that she had from like her early days huh. as a as a Nazi. That's cool. I figured that was probably going to be something that's like a uh, a future storyline because obviously whenever something is not important or needs to be kept secret, they never translate the foreign language that gets spoke. It's always just speaks in German or whatever. Oh yeah, I've noticed that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like I, I constantly ask my German aunt, like, eh, can you translate this? Like, what show is this? Uh, I'll tell you later. And also the fact that they said, and I quote to quote Homelander, has been incapacitated. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I think one of us has has to go. Um, Tyler will be will be departing. So before you, before you go, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah. The uh, the show was absolutely amazing. Uh, loved it. Last episode, I think ticked off quite a few people. But yeah, whatever. What doesn't with the show? Yeah. And this is a show that was introduced me into me as like a guy running through a girlfriend and explode. That was my first scene I ever saw the show. Yeah, uh-huh. it it that was a that was a great way to set to set the tone for yeah. everything. Oh yeah, but yeah, I got go go early again. Far goes on right now. Have a good night, everyone. Have a lot. Of fun. All right, good. peace out, you, Tyler. See you, Tyler. See ya. All right. Um, okay, I'm I'm looking at it here and I'm looking at the translation just to, okay. yeah. Cool. It was with so Frederick Vaught, who is the okay. the guy who's behind everything. Like he created the company that is controlling all the soups and everything like that, or at least most of them. The seven, at nice. the very least. So so what it says, this is according to Reddit. It, uh, it says that she said it was so beautiful how the three of us sat there in the shade of an apple tree. Do you remember the day Frederick? Chloe's arms out of the car window. We found the perfect spot by the river in the shade of an apple tree. It was the first time Chloe ate fresh apples. So it's a memory of like her and her, I guess, in like the past and her like, you know, a good memory or something that she had, which almost plays on, you know, like, like you almost feel a tinge of regret for what (laughs) happened to her, but not really. But is she really dead? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Because it shows um, all the damage she can take, and they never hit a vital organ. Yeah, yep. I th- I think Kripke even confirmed that she's not dead. I read I read something earlier um, in an interview, like he's kind of where he's kind of like 
he's talking about the season finale, but he's also kind of teasing season three. Mm-hmm. And he's and he said like, nope, um, she's not dead. Mm-hmm. And because because she can like because she can age she ages slowly. The the intent was that you know the girl like the girls were like you know beating her to hell, mm-hmm. and that her kind of punishment is um, enduring that pain for you know as as long as she's been alive. So basically, it's a fate wor- worse than death. Yeah, that makes sense. So what is the deal with like <laughs> Black Noir and and uh? the way that he is you know like could they put her in that same kind of program if they wanted to sort of like reprogram her and make her like a super soldier type thing Ooh. i might be misunderstanding what black noir is though yeah um, i never got the full deal on what exactly he is other than the fact that he has a tree nut allergy i'm like what is he <laughs> <laughs> and he looks burnt. Him. And he looks burnt from he what does I right yeah. yeah you only really get to see him for like a couple seconds at most so what if um, she goes full Vader on us and, and comes back and is like reinvented and they don't allow people to know that it's Stormfront? He gets a third identity. Maybe. I, I honestly wouldn't put it past them. Um, it was originally yeah. comic. She's a guy, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Actually, there's, a, there's another character. Um, yes. Like there's, there's another character who goes through a similar um, gender swap. Um, yep. In the show, her name is uh, Victoria Newman. She's the um she's the head just popper? Her the popper the head pop the head yep. popper the uh fa- the fan four stick um Doctor Doom <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh jeez you thought you forgot I didn't dude <laughs> but yes that is, that is her and really okay that's cool <clears throat> um again another another tidbit from from that interview I read um I'm scared I am terrified for for Huey going into season three because he thinks that he's standing on his own two feet by um by applying for a like a position working for Newman but nobody knows yet that that she's a soup like not not only not only that that she's a soup because you know the the boys have worked with uh Kimiko and uh and Starlight yeah and mesmer and but <laughs> but they they're not they're not aware of the head of the head popper yet i'm just waiting for that there needs to be a mutually exclusive everyone goes to shit moment because uh see serge M- mother's milk and billy all kind of well billy not to the larger extent just kind of walks off everyone has their names cleared Everyone gets a mutually pretty okay, if not extremely happy ending. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they're like, no, Huey's in some trouble. And then something's going to happen with Huey. And then Butcher's going to go, you don't hurt my little cunt. I'm going to come kill you. <laughs> I'm just like, that's what's going to happen. I, I have a feeling that's, that's, that's going to be the setup for, for season three. Oh. Um, but there's, there's, there are some other moments that we need to talk about. Um, before before we wrap this up, um, can, I, can I say that um, I love Anthony Starr's uh, his version of what Stormfront said at the end there because somebody on Twitter asked him, or somebody on Reddit or something asked him, and he said he said, "Well, she was talking about the best pizza toppings of 2019." That's funny. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he probably just didn't know. 
Speaking of best moments, can we appreciate the fact that they turned Iceman into Pyro? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the pitch was to him, you know? It's like, you remember X3? I don't want to. You get to be Pyro. <laughs> He's like, awesome. Yeah. He literally fight he himself if they put a mortal on that. Exactly. What was that, Mike? He's obsessed with porn. Yeah, <laughs> especially bad um, superhero porn. Okay, what was that thing with the deep? Um, and like, what, what episode was it? It was one of the earlier episodes. When he was talking to his gills? Yes, what was that all about, man? That was a trip. Oh, Lord. Or the part where that girl has a sexual fantasy that she needs oh, to finger oh his gills? Oh. I was like, fuck, no, stop <laughs> Get the scene over with. That is so like, oh, it hurt me. Ah, that was one of them where I'm like, there's multiple <laughs> points where I'm like, this scene needs to be over with. I can't watch this. And that was one of them. And I, we're, I, anyway, okay. and weren't the gills voiced by Patton Oswalt? It was Patton Oswalt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my man. God. That was such a weird scene. And there, then, there are a lot of weird, and, like weird moments from the, the series. The, the scene that really got me though was the whale yeah i have a thing about like animals like even fake animals getting like completely uh, i don't know like mauled on screen or something and just whimpering at the like it was just oh i was like oh no that's just you killed the whale i kind of thought they were gonna ramp up it and then i'm like they don't have the angle they're gonna destroy that whale and then you just see huey just blood soaked going no i'm gonna wait I'm done. And the whale was like whimpering its last few heartbeats out. I saw the heartbeat like, while he was oh. in there. I'm like, ah. That just, that literally hurt me. I was like almost in tears, dudes. I was like, just, ugh. It was just they, 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 didn't, they didn't need to go that hard with that scene. Yeah, but. that was a little much, man. Just take out the whale, like dying its last few breaths, please. At least do that for me, because that was too much. But anyway. I mean, it's the boys, man. What do you What do you expect? Now, now, spe- now, speaking of the deep, um, what do you, What do you guys think of the collective? As um, do do you th- do you think the collective is a force for good, for nope. evil, or for money? That depends. First, would you like a fresca? <laughs> <laughs> what is their whole thing about fresca, man? I thought that that was going to be like a drinking the Kool Aid type thing. I honestly, what, what I is what I thought it was. But then Noe's like, I hate that shit. And he walks away after he'd already drank it. I'm like, no, they just really like Fresca. I'm like, what is that? Is it a sponsor? Is it maybe, like... Yeah, maybe, maybe it was a sponsor. Or, thought, or is, um, is the head just like obsessed with that drink? It could be. But like, I honestly thought that that was, go- that they were going to kind of be a like, uh, we we have some people under a very low hanging mind control and i honestly thought it was going to be through fresca i'm That's not kidding I, I was convinced and then i'm like oh cool they're going to be like a second party with their own soups when they like the the formula gets out and then he gets his head popped i'm like i was like i i happen to like fresca so i don't know what you guys are talking about yeah i was like what in the world was, okay but it was weird. it's a different can design too oh really huh yeah that's not the real fresca can so yeah i that thought, I, I thought it the suspicion weird. then <laughs> not that i've seen anyway 
Yeah, that's weird. But yeah, that was a little strange. But I mean, I I don't know. I was getting full cult vibes from that church. Yeah, there's the it, de- it definitely anyway. felt cultish. Maybe it's because I've been watching The Vow on HBO Max, but it's be but like I was getting Nexium Keith Raniere vibes here, and I was just going <laughs> like, dude, if this ends up in like some weird thing. Yeah, but it, I like definitely Allison got Mack the suddenly appears. Yeah, I got the the thing for for being a cult, especially because all of a sudden it's like as soon as you start talking as soon as you don't believe you're out yeah like they ousted eagle immediately yeah and then all all of a sudden the deep was like oh cool i'm not in either he's like no and you're not there fuck you guys and he was out immediately (laughs) and he's just like okay you're done i'm like what he's like i don't think you're good for our image what and you're like yeah there's only room for one in the seven i'm like okay um I don't think they, oh yeah, I because sp- I was like, I thought the math was off because I thought, because <laughs> I thought Stormfront was dead. I'm like, they have two spots open. You're mm-hmm. just only giving one to A-Train and then oh. not giving one to the Deep. <laughs> Maybe that's a hint. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. It was definitely a cool little addition because I tell you right now, I fucking hated the Deep as a character and an overall inclusion in the show by the end of season one. Couldn't stand him. Absolutely yeah, I, I, th- I think the actor did a great job, but I yeah. fucking hated the deep. Yeah. Okay. I, I've read maybe the first couple issues, maybe two or three issues of the series, and that scene that they had with the deep and um Starlight. And Starlight, uh, that went differently in the comic, as in it wasn't just the deep that was in there with her. Really? It was all the male superheroes in the seven. <sighs> Okay. Well, see that, that's 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 what I'm talking about when when I said like, Kripke kind of sanded the edges off of. Uh, yeah, I actually think material. the show is, it's it's better than the comic. Yeah, that opinion. is a much better handling because then they're they're making obviously everyone in the seven is fucked up in their own special way. Yeah, and then then this makes them actually individuals, like the one who's a sex freak, other than Homelander in his own special ways is the deep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over some of that shit. It's for, I will never forget most of season one with Homelander. I could forget the show exists. I will never forget that shit. And, and also like um, Elizabeth Shue, um, you know, I I felt like she was actually one of the people who was keeping Homelander in check mm-hmm. in a way. Like her character was keeping him in check. And like, even though it was like the weirdest freaking Oedipal relationship, but... Uh, well maybe not as weird as connor and cordelia and angel Hmm. maybe not quite that weird but it it was it's it's rivaling that connor ever drink her breast milk i wouldn't put it past a little shit (laughs) okay all right (laughs) okay no i'm kidding but like she did you're right she did use his fetish kind of to keep control of him yeah she kind of kept control of him uh sort of speaking of elizabeth shoe we need to talk about the um, the shapeshifter dude. Doppelganger? Yeah. <laughs> That's another one where I'm like, okay, this, this scene needs to stop. Nope, I, ca- yeah, I can't watch yeah, it anymore. No, now that I know bizarre. that's him, I can't. Every time they went back, no. And then when they cut back and they have Anthony Starr in the nightgown instead to show yes. him he's so obsessed with himself, I'm like, Stop. please stop i thought he was gonna actually do it i, I thought I like so when they got to that scene i was like oh my god is this actually happening like like i really thought he was gonna do it yeah see that's that's what we we're talking about when okay a, a lot of this is disturbing but mm-hmm. it adds Ooh. it adds to my thesis that 
this is how you do evil Superman right. Yeah. Well, because would... in order to be evil Superman, you can't be Superman. Right. <laughs> He's not. Superman it's, it's... does not sit on a gargoyle and then masturbate over New York. <laughs> That was the one where I'm like, why the fuck is this in this show? And then I'm like, no, Homelander would do that. He would. They should have shown, they, they shown like, like somebody walking down like on the street level and then all of a sudden and it's like, it's like, what is this rain? <laughs> or, or it's or it or it actually hurts them somehow. <laughs> oh, like God. it fires that fast. Or it actually like, yeah. <laughs> Because it's like when he throws that baseball, he's like, you know, that's going to kill somebody when it lands in Boston. Like, oh, if it just took someone's head off. Because, oh. like, they have mother's milk get strangled with it with a extendable <laughs> penis. Love sausage. <laughs> Was that his name? Yes. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> that took me a second also when all of a sudden I'm like, there's not the... Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> And, and apparently, apparently, love sausage is um, is like different in the comics. Like, love sausage in the comics, I think, was supposed to be like more heroic. <laughs> is, his power, <laughs> is his power the same? Uh, probably. That's ridiculous. Well, if you're a bank robber and love sausage is 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 the guy you have to fight, I don't know that you want to fight him. What is he going to go up against the circumciser? <laughs> Really I would totally want to see that now. <laughs> or maybe not. Love Sausage versus the Circumciser on pay-per-view. I I just, that was one where I'm like, I need to leave. I, I watched it like four to five episodes in a row. I'm like, I need to take a break. There's been too much. I just saw a man get strangled with a fucking penis bigger than my arm. I need to step away. That was like, oh my God. Oh. Man, I honestly, Brock, I feel I feel bad that that you had to binge the series because I I was liking that season two was weekly because for for certain episodes like oh I don't know the end of episode seven I was glad I was glad to like have a week off and process what yeah. what went down yeah I'm gonna do that from now on yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now a, lo- a lot a lot of people speculate that the reason that season 2 was was weekly was because you know because of the pandemic um and entertainment is is um is not is not being like like should like a lot of shows and TV and uh film and TV production is put on is put on hold so they're trying to like space out the content as much as possible mm-hmm. but do you think do you think do you think moving forward they should always go weekly or would you prefer it all all at once with longer shows like this it should go weekly i agree especially um, when they pack as much as they do into these things there was like 19 storylines in season two yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because that's what one big complaint. I obviously had to binge it. I heard a lot of people say that that season two is all over the place and they don't get it. And I kind of get that complaint because there was a, a lot going on in that season. But they all do don't like randomly forget that stuff's going on. They make sure everything gets handled. 
So it was still very good. But you, I didn't obviously have that luxury. Everybody else has a luxury of like, okay, technically they did that there. Maybe they could do this and whatever. If they should do it in the format like this, because A, yeah. you don't have to spend a whole day watching it because most people would. It gives you a thing where you can kind of be like, cool, I wonder what happens next week. If the show comes out and you binge it, most people do it in two days and you're like, well, I wonder what happens next year. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you time to process and it gives you time to actually talk about it and to, you know, kind of like, you know, you can have you can have little water cooler chats about it and see what people thought. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. Um, a, a show that that I was watching this weekend that we'll talk about in, in Streaming Wars, um, The Haunting of Bly Manor. It's, it's a Netflix show and mm-hmm. that came out in, it came out over the weekend and well, it's great, and I hope people talk about it for a long time. What what I don't like about the binge model is that it it feel it feels like all of the discussion is kind of like it kind of fizzles out after after like the first two weeks. Whereas, yeah. whereas, I've been talking about the boys consistently since September. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely that's all i've talked about for the past two weeks i could not get away from it. i want to talk with it about everybody <laughs> what what i like about it was um you know in terms of the tone of the show though is at least within the first seven minutes they tell you what kind of show it is yep like i and that hooked me too i was like okay i'm hooked because yeah. just seeing how far they were willing to go with it, at least you know this is the type of show it is, and you can have no doubt about it, you know. And that's part of the reason why I'm able to get through those tough moments, even though it's like it's it's pretty harsh. <laughs> it is, and that's what like my introduction in the first. I can't remember. Does A Train kill? Uh, uh, ooh, what's your name again? Robin. Robin, I was going to say Rose, thank you. Yeah. Or does the thing with Starlight and uh, the deep happen first? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I've... A-Train. Okay. A-Train happens first. It is A-Train? Because that was within the first like five minutes of the show or okay. seven minutes of the like, show. That happens, and I was kind of like, okay, that was really harsh. But the first one that made me think like this show is going to be something different was the oh yeah i got whatever yeah i used to have a huge crush on you you turn around and you all you see is the deep's bare ass cheeks and he's masturbating i'm like okay oh, uh, yeah this is not what i expected but um sh- i guess let's roll with it see where it goes and then it's like man i thought watchmen was harsh <laughs> yeah god boy. i remember working at blockbuster and and parents coming up to me and renting watchmen for their kids because you know, superhero movies were coming up at the time and, yeah. and, uh, and they were renting it for their kids. And I'm just like, uh, you guys know, this is hard R, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't, this is not, yeah, this, this ain't Avengers. No, 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 it is not. I... And I liked it. I liked Watchmen for what it was, but yeah. You could have dealt without, uh, the big, big blue Manhattan hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is in the comics though yeah, yeah but i mean in sense. the comics it's not like you know he, he the, the focus is not really on on dr Manhattan's uh blue blue balls yeah <laughs> but a little bit but you know not always <laughs> they're just kind of hanging out 
all right so i guess as we're kind of talking about just the boys in general is like overall arc wise mm-hmm. who do you think has had the best development out of the show so far outside of Ooh. butcher huey and homelander okay okay outside of them uh starlight starlight oh. i would also say um oh Fre- like frenchie and Kimiko. and Kimiko, yeah and she's really good. Also, um, 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 Maeve, Queen Maeve, has had a pretty good RFI. Yes, think. yes. I have, I have one, one like, um, I got one gripe with with Maeve in season two, and I guess the season, the series overall. Um, there are times where she seems she seems a bit too passive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And it really started to it really started to bug me in the season finale. Yeah. Until until she came in like a Deus Ex Machina to <laughs> you knew she was gonna beat up turn. on a, Oh yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I mean oh, yeah. that's that's why I was frustrated because I know I know the moment is coming. It's yeah. just a matter of waiting for it. Yeah. Now, didn't she have that um black box in like the third episode? I think so. Yeah. It was yeah, either the third yeah. or third or fourth yeah i I was just like yeah she's got the proof she's just got to get it and then and i will say one thing moving forward and i get it because it's the only hard proof you can have to get against people but for the love of god i need to have something be a weakness to a superhero other than a cell phone video camera (laughs) Uh, yeah because holy cripes was everyone had a video of everybody. And in, I can't think of his name. Um, the guy who raised Homelander. Um, uh, oh. Vogelbaum. Yeah. Even he was like, what? You're going to say you have a, I, I think it was him that said it was like, what? You're going to have a video of me doing blank and blank to what with whoever? I'm like, send it out. I don't care. It got to be the point of where like, even someone else is like, yeah, you've used that card way too many times. I think it was Volgabon that said I could be completely wrong. But yeah, it it's and I also I'm so thankful that Kripke is doing this show. Because yeah. for those of you who don't know, he's the guy that started out supernatural. Yes. A, he loves music. So the mm-hmm. reason you're getting all this really sweet Billy Joel love is because of Kripke. Yeah. And also you're getting some people from Supernatural. Like I'm so happy Jim Beaver is in this show. Yes. Because I needed more Bobby Singer in my life and he's not far off from Bobby Singer he's in really this not. show. Also, yeah. Brock, you know that uh, Jensen Eccles is coming to season three. I, oh, you have no idea how <laughs> fucking happy I am that he's in season three. It's like, oh, I need something. Please, I don't care. He needs to make a Red Hood reference somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> but he needs to or he just has like guns or they offer him like a red helmet something i don't care just please kripke you I'm know i'm so it. interested in seeing how how he and homelander interact yeah i i'm just kind of curious like what they're going to do with his character there his his name is uh soldier, soldier boy, boy. Yep. so is he going to be the the captain america stand-in it could be um i don't know but like he's when they told me that his name is going to be soldier boy like who i wanted to be captain america if it was not evans i wanted jensen ackles yeah like to me he would have been perfect was, was he up, was he up for the role um, before chris evans there is a giant rumor 
that he almost got Hawkeye, but he apparently went in for a different role and then turned Hawkeye down again. There is no legitimacy behind it. It's been tossed around by people. So don't even think it's real, but that's just a random rumor by someone with about the credibility about we got this cover was throwing around. But I believe he attempted to go for the role. So mm-hmm. yes. But what's 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 funny is like I can I can see him in in that role. Mm-hmm. He he yeah. has the physique for it. Yeah. He does. Either way, seeing Jensen Ackles going from Dean Winchester to being someone in The Boys is going to be something else because he's no longer going to be on TV where the most he could get away with was shooting someone and then every now and then getting to say son of a bitch. Hearing Jensen Ackles be unhinged is going to be amazing. (laughs) I am looking forward to that. Yeah. And Jared Padalecki is moving on to become Walker, Texas Ranger. Remember where it was like, yeah, we're getting out of Supernatural because we don't want to do acting anymore. Oh, wait, we're not taking a break anyways. (laughs) Is he going to sing the theme song that Chuck Norris sang? I hope so. I really Oh, and you know God, who's yes. playing Je- you know who plays Jared Pelecki's wife in Walker Texas Ranger? Who? His wife. His wife. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is it isn't Jared also producing Walker Texas Ranger? I think he might be. There's a very good so chance. This is a, so this it. is more or less a vanity project disguised as a pretty much as a reboot. And he's also from Texas. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. I I man if they could somehow get jared to show up in the boys alongside jensen just so that kripke can say that he got both of the guys in there yes oh please Please. this is like a cameo role or just keep dumping more people in exactly as like one of the the church of the the people like from the church or something yes have like him and mark shepherd or somebody else be (laughs) the new head that'd be so perfect have the guy that plays castiel in there yeah, uh, Misha Collins, he'd be, oh, Collins, man. Throw him in there. Oh. Yeah, just throw everybody in there and just be like, what the heck? I'd be okay with it. They're great actors. They need work. <laughs> yeah. But. So I'm, I'm on the, uh, the Wikipedia page for the boys, and I, uh. I, I just read something. Um, on October 3rd, 2020, Eric Kripke confirmed that the in-universe pornographic superhero film scenes briefly glimpsed in the second season episode butcher baker candlestick maker had been produced in full expressing interest in releasing them yes through the name soup porn to the yes. website of the same name registered to sony pictures as well as formally requesting seth rogan evan goldberg anthony Starr, and other followers of his twitter page to join him in petitioning prime video and amazon studios to allow the potential web series to be uploaded <laughs> <laughs> That would be the biggest cross-media campaign on the planet. No one's ever openly been like, you know what? Let's roll the porn industry in. <laughs> they don't need to make a parody. We're going to make it for real. I also, mean... I need to see, do you have the names of those porn titles? Because <laughs> they were awesome. I don't remember what they were. Uh, oh, God. Or, or, I, I'm, sure, and, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. It was something and big black noir. <laughs> And it was starlight in like something three miles deep. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. <laughs> that is almost oh. like Smash Brandy's coot. <laughs> oh yeah, Smash Brandy's cooch. It's great. And then great. it was just like, and then the fact that all of this was just to lead to that to talk about cucking. <laughs> Why are we like this is so surreal? I'm watching the kid from Animorphs like 20 years later talking about superhero <laughs> porn on this couch. 
And he's just like, I'm gonna turn the channel. Do you touch that fucking channel that remote? I will burn okay, you wait, alive. Okay, I, wait. I think I I think I found some of these titles. Um, I, I found it on TV tropes. Um, some of the titles are Homelander, Red, White, and Anal. Um, <laughs> Deep does it in the blowhole. Yes, that was one of them. Um, Starlight pulls an A train. <laughs> And Queen Maeve, the pleasure slave. Oh, yeah. and then there's um, oh my god, translucent oh and the invisible god. dong, and big black noir. Yes, that was the one. Queen oh. Maeve, the pleasure slave. <sighs> and like that—that's how self-aware the show is. Like the fact that they got Haley Joel Osment, who can't see ghosts, but now he could like see people's past memories, like. They got so many randoms. That was so crazy when he popped up on the show, too. Yeah, I mean, when Kimmy Go breaks his wrist, <laughs> read his mind. Oh, no, that just, no, no, nothing happy ever happens. It's always, like, two minutes later, and that's a very Eric Kripke thing. Like, it's, it's Supernatural it's... also. You were allowed to be happy for 10 minutes, and that was about it. <laughs> which, which is kind of why I'm surprised that, like, Bar- barring a few moments that like the ending of season two is kind of a happy note it's kind of a happy ending like if, yeah. if they didn't get a season three they could just end it there yeah at the at the same time though it's a little bit bittersweet because one of the one of the characters that i really liked um becca yeah who is um who is mm-hmm. played by the actress who played um what's her what's her name patty, uh, patty. patty isn't lauren van santon uh, Chantel Vincent. Chantel yeah. Vincent, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, she was yeah. like, she was one of my favorite characters, and unfortunately, she got uh, she got fridged. There's there's, there's, no, there's I, no nice I saw way to it put coming. It. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, and she and they don't make it so that like she's openly getting killed. It's like they make it so it's an accident. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, man, and that and that, that makes butcher. it that makes it so much yeah. worse. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you see the moment where Butcher is ready to joker this kid with that crowbar. Oh, and yeah. And then, yeah. all of a sudden, Homelander comes and he's like, you know what? I don't like that kid. I fucking hate you a lot more. <laughs> you yeah. touch that kid, we're done. <laughs> and he's like, I promised her, so. Yeah. Chantel Vincent is a great actress, by the way. She's totally awesome. Love her. I, I, yeah, I'm in, I'm in love. She yeah. got such time to shine too in this show and the few scenes that she has. And yeah, uh, hopefully they just do a lot of flashbacks so she still gets work. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. She was like the best thing on that on that uh that series version of shooter that I know oh, about because yeah. my dad watched it incessantly for a while. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, I, I did not like the show, but I love Chantel Vincent. There was another moment that was really something that was one of the mo- moments where I needed to stop watching for a little bit. Oh yeah, Gecko. Uh, the uh, SM at I don't even know what to describe it as pleasure thing where they like put the tarps down in the hotel room and just let a guy hack his limbs off. Wait, that, that was like from like the oh. first episode, wasn't it? Or no, like the, of 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 season of two. Season two of season two, yeah. Yeah, that. Oh, things, yeah. things like that like um <laughs> i i i'm i'm generally not that squeamish but um but moments like that will make me kind of look away 
like ooh, I I didn't need to see that. Oh, and they linger on it for so long. Yeah. And then it's just like I'll let you chop my dick off for an extra grand, and he just goes. It's like nearest ATM. The nearest ATM. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude. <laughs> You got some weird stuff happening. How do you openly put out a Craigslist ad going, so I don't know who's into what, but if you like to chop off limbs, meet <laughs> me at the Motel 6 on 49th and I'll let you do it. I'll bring the I'll bring the plastic <laughs> sheets. It's like, where did we get to this point? <laughs> and we'll leave the light on for you. Yeah, no kidding. And all the blood and everything else. Yeah. Like, Ooh, man what a show what an what a, interesting yeah. show <laughs> and they're not afraid to kill people too like shockwave no. who was going to replace um he's going to replace a train he's yeah. gone vogel bomb is gone yeah. becca's gone <laughs> All these people are just everybody exhausted. in the senate chamber almost yeah, yeah i scanners i had a, i had like a scanners flashback there yeah oh, exactly yeah. um their uh their cia hookup chick i can't think of yeah off it in the first episode yeah oh my god the the only person that i actually liked who ever acted in blue bloods uh what was her name i don't remember but yeah i really liked her in this show but it's just yeah if you were a person who was helpful in these first two seasons that you were not the main cast you just died so they're yeah. like all right clean slate for the next season it's like okay i guess um and i sure. remember thinking like who in the world did that who who did the head explodey thing because like that was a mystery they never really picked up on that no and it was and just until like, the end yeah and they just now stopped them like is that a parasite is that yeah. something and then was I'm that just... stormfront like, yeah at, at, because they were just talking about stormfront when she when the the cia contact lady got killed yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm like, did she silently send electrodes through her head? And I'm yeah. like, I love how the fact that they just don't explain how Compound mm -hmm. V works. So you can either get a guy who's got a circumference 10-inch dick, or you can explode people's heads. Like, yeah. it's just, you get one or the other. Yeah, they're they're like, <laughs> ju they're just vague enough um, about Compound V. Like, they didn't, they don't explain how how the drug works. They they basically just go like you go from from like a normie to a soup. Yeah, or you get yeah. like multiple powers even too. Like Homelander can fly and shoot laser beams out of his eyes, and and I get it. He's like he's an analog for Superman. Anyone that thinks I didn't get that, I get it. But it's like mm -hmm. you get a ton of different stuff, and then you also have soups that, to my knowledge, have no powers. Like Eagle, he's considered a soup. Hmm. Maybe he just has like reflexes, like hyper reflexes or something. Maybe that I don't. I don't think they said anything in the show about it. But yeah, yeah he very well so could either. be. But I don't know. Or like with Stormfront, you could take tons of damage, heal, have storm abilities, and mm -hmm. be apparently have the power of longevity, but not immortality. Because I'm like, he just had a bunch of stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it was like the Super Soldier Serum. Yeah, maybe. Which is Maybe, Maybe they what, were more concentrated when they, you know, with the first few could experiments be. that they did. Could be. And just the interesting fact that there is before Ryan, and I think it's the coolest thing about this show, they made every single superpowered being in the world. That was a business strategy. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just, that's nuts to me. It, 
like i'm a yeah person. that's crazy like when they were trying to like when they try to figure out which city what soup is going to go to and all that the economics of it yeah and now we're going to sell it to terrorists <clears throat> so that we have people to fight to raise our stock prices i'm like what happens when you get someone that's five times stronger than homelander oh we'll worry about it if it happens i'm like if it's, it's gonna... not a question of if it's a qu it's a, it's a matter of when yeah exactly yeah. and especially when <laughs> i just can't get over the fact that how they finally took care of black noir was feeding him a fucking almond joy i <laughs> dude that but... was hilarious i was like that, wow that, that must have been that must have been like a parody of of like absurd like absurd weaknesses of superheroes like take take green lantern for example his hello yeah, his weakness is the color yellow. Wasn't there a comic where Batman, I believe it was a Frank Miller issue, where Batman just painted an entire room gold? I, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I thought it was, but yeah. I, yeah. That's when they were true. doing the whole like Blackest Night thing and all that stuff where the, the Green Lanterns all had the rainbow colors and stuff that Jeff Johns was doing, I think they made Batman. I think they gave him like a yellow fear ring or something. Oh yeah, he's had a fear ring, that's for sure. I, yeah. I don't know of the comic, but I've seen pictures of it. Yeah. It's a unique coming from a person who attempted at one point to write a comic book and got like the bare bones of it done, but never even a try to get it like past anything. Nothing other than like few really bad pencil drawings were done. It's hard to come up with stuff. And I never would have thought of you just throw a formula out there and then people grow up and it's like, that's a really simple idea, but I didn't think about that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like in, in, instant superpowers. Exactly, and then you can make up your own bullshit, whatever you want. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, it's it's definitely different than anything I have watched, and give or take, I don't watch nearly as much as you guys do. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a very, it it, it's a show that isn't trying to be subtle, which I think is what I respect about it. Um. I, I think the show is kind of on the same on the same like wavelength as um as Watchmen, both yeah. both both like the movie and um and the HBO series. But the only difference is the boys isn't trying to be prestige where Watchmen is. No, not at all. And yeah, it it's it's weird where you're you're rooting for the people you normally wouldn't root for in these situations. Like at, at the start of the show, I had no idea that originally I was supposed to be rooting for like Carl Urban, or I should say, a uh, Billy, Huey, uh, Marvin, and uh, Frenchie, and I was kind of like, "Oh, they're douchebags," but I should still be a fan of the Seven. And all of a sudden, I'm like, "No, hold on." The further I'm watching this, I'm like, "All of them are a bunch of fuckheads. I should not like them." <laughs> and yeah, it's it's just weird. And it, there's points where there's just you shouldn't be rooting for anybody at certain episodes where it's like as everyone is doing something really messed up and they could be doing it in different ways and yeah I, yeah it's something else though like the one the one the one thing i knew about the comic before watching the series was i knew that i knew the premise was the boys are like like if if the seven are like the empire then the boys are um the rebellion okay that uh, makes sense that's that's probably that's probably like the simplest way to to like really boil down the um you like the like the um protagonist versus antagonist relationship okay but 
because this isn't a Garth Ennis property, it's completely morally gray. Like, yeah, nobody, nobody's a saint except for maybe Huey. Yeah, and and even and even he's kind of a douchebag at first because he's lying to uh, to Annie. Yeah, but you know, it's like the bullshit excuse of I'm lying to protect you when really mm-hmm. you're just lying to cover your own ass. Yeah, and yeah, he, he had a latent um sociopath waiting inside of him and you see it real quick when they're dealing with translucent yep. yeah and man like that he True. flips on a dime when all of a sudden they're like get ready to go like no dude we're done and he gives him the information and he blows him up anyway that was just like and then that was another thing i forgot about that you just see frenchie looking at a turtle poking its head out guys i've got an idea we need to get him unconscious i'm like what are you gonna do <laughs> just <laughs> sticks of sticks of c4 up his ass that works speaking of the boys kiona you said you how much of the boys have you read not much just maybe the first two issues mike how much of it have you read i i've never read a like a full issue i i just kind of know know of the series through cultural osmosis okay is mm-hmm. there ever an explanation behind why marvin milk gets the nickname mothers that was a question that was asked on one of the post shows, I think. Okay. And I can't remember what Eric Kripke was saying or, or what they said about it. Yeah, if I, yeah, if I, I don't know what the origin is. If, if, I, if I ever find, find the answer, I will hmm. certainly let you guys know. But Okay, the story behind his name is that as a baby, his mother attempted to wean him off her breast milk, but every time she did, he would start to die. His mother's milk was the equivalent of his life force, this, and this carried him into his adult life. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> Apparently. Mother's milk is saying nothing weird. The story behind him is, yeah, another woman's breast milk would have the same effect, but that's... But we'll get to why shortly. What the fuck? <laughs> More breast milk crap! I just don't... I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> it's so gross. I don't like it. I don't put that down. Put it away. Put that down. I will turn this damn podcast around right now. Oh. I found it myself too. Oh. That was the first moment where I'm like Butcher hates soups, and I thought when he was called Mother's Milk that that was a soup name, because that doesn't sound like a nickname anyone should ever have. But I guess that makes sense. Like his just digestive tract couldn't handle it. I don't know, but okay, it, whatever. It's it's a weird it's a weird nickname, but um, it doesn't matter because um, because the char- like the actor who plays him is he's just so cool and down to earth. Laz Alonso. Now that I'm thinking about it, doesn't every time that they eat, doesn't he drink milk? Wait, you yeah. Know? Now that I think about it. Yeah. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> I think we broke Brock, everyone. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, going on to different subjects. Yes, Laz Alonso, the main cast for everyone, they knocked out of the park. Oh, I can't think of any weak links in the entire show. Everyone's amazing. Even, oh, what's her name? She's literally there just to get bitched at by everybody. Ashley. She, even her, she's oh, perfect for what she needs to be. She's just there. She to get was like at. the annoying neighbor in Jessica Jones. Yes. Oh, I yeah. hated her in that. 
Could um, you guys keep it down? She she also she also plays a um an actress in a um in a movie within a movie in um Charlie Kaufman's I'm thinking of ending things. She she she's the um she's the waitress in the in the Robert Zemeckis parody. Um oh yeah. That's cool. I didn't know about that. Um but yeah, the the actress who plays Ashley, um, she 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 has like the perfect, she kind of has like the per like the perfect expression for, for like, I'm the person at this company that everyone hates, but I'm also but I'm too important to get rid of. Yes, yeah. and she knows that. Yes, <laughs> she certainly does. <laughs> oh my god. And she's very good at acting scared. Like those some of those conversations she has with Homelander. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Ah, oh, she's just waiting to get her face lasered off. And man, I just oof. Um, they, yeah. Now I have to, I, I have to ask. Do you do you miss Madame Stillwell in season no. two? I kind of no. do. I don't need to state the reason why I don't miss Madeline Stillwell. I understand. I understand. <laughs> she was very good at being diet, but I will say. Her way that she handled Homelander was very good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I miss about her is yes. that she's, you know, she was much more of a nuanced, like, you know, like you almost bought what she's selling. Yes. Yeah. Whereas with, with, um, with, uh, Gus Ferengi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, uh, with, um, oh God, Stan Edgar, Stan Edgar. Yeah. Why can I never remember that name anyway? Yeah, Stan Edgar. With him, he's like a blunt instrument. He will just he's he he will just tell you, you know, he'll tell you off to your face yeah. and you'll just be like, I'm the head of this company. Whatever I say goes, and that's it. Yeah. But whereas she, she was like, you know, if if anything, like she would have she would have taken a hard stance with Butcher, but at the same time, like they could have come to a compromise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I get that. I th- the reason why, obviously, I don't know in the comics of Stillwell if she gets murdered or yeah, if she sure. does in the way that she gets through the way that she gets Superman lobotomized. But all, no, she she gets Billy Batson from Injustice One. If I want to be accurate, yeah, um, yeah, like they obviously needed a replacement, but then they needed someone that that um, wasn't intimidated by Homelander and wouldn't give him any leeway. So I guess that's why they had it. But the fact that they had someone that could have the most powerful dude on the planet at that point in the palm of her hand at any moment. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And she was very good at what I want to say. She was very good at basically handling anybody. There's very few times where people get an upper hand on her. And it was the guy that I'm not going to be able to think of his name because he's only one episode. The dude that um, was trying to get uh, Namibian. What? No. What's his name? Prince, um, the uh, the soup oh, yeah, from episode yeah, yeah. one, Namibian yeah. Prince. I can't think what it is, but it's the guy that that Homelander slices his plane in half. Like yeah. that was the only guy that ever like really got anything on her, mm-hmm. and then she just had to deal with it. But then Homelander killed him, obviously, right away. But yeah, that that that's that's like the thing I miss about Stillwell is like she yeah. had an she had an answer for everything. She, yeah. she was. The- the political machinations lady you know like she was the machiavellian person and i i feel like we've been missing that in season two but it's gonna happen in season three now that we know victoria newman is kind of shady yeah they can blow gonna, your head up at any time yeah she's gonna be a scary version of Stillwell. that is she just, is gonna be scary and no one's gonna she is so good at playing a helpless person but now i'm yeah, I, 
yeah to that scene yeah that scene at, at the end of episode seven where she's just like she's as freaked out as everybody else so you don't think it's her they really got me on that like i i had no idea it was going to be her yeah. yeah um i i i do love like how how like there like there was a red herring like pretty much every time they try they tried to figure out who who did it like i was i was convinced it was stormfront until until she didn't until she denied it like like I don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. Why do you think? Why do you think it was me? Yeah, it's pretty much the I could I could have killed him, but I didn't. I can't do it that way. <laughs> I'm waiting to see in season three if um they have her have the moments where like someone exits a room and she has the availability to flip on a dime and turn into the person that no one sees in the public image. I want to see a good amount of scenes like that. Now that this is a person that literally nobody has suspicions of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then she's just yeah i don't and especially when she's gonna have to be that way around huey huey is very good at figuring people out yeah. and calling them out on their shit despite the fact that he could easily get his ass pounded in <laughs> especially with like butcher he was one of the few people he's the Le- like he's the lenny he was the person that was butcher's canary i love that comparison by the way too. <laughs> that was so good man also butcher's brother is named lenny yeah yep yeah it's uh, it's just their relationship is so good. I love. There was a great meme on Facebook where it shows Butcher really pissed off, and he's like talking to Huey, and then it's got him just the biggest smile on his face when he says <laughs> talking about Huey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, here's a question: Who do what comic book character do you think Carl Urban plays better, Judge Dredd or Billy Butcher? He plays them both so good. He's no. perfect in both roles, though, dude. I know. That's why it's really hard. <laughs> and he has an equal amount of screen time, almost, in comparison. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. I'm going to say, and I know this is going to sound like recency bias, I'm going to say Butcher because mm-hmm. you get to see his eyes. And you get to see him emote more. That is very true. But I, if he can do both? It's, I... I mean, I keep when we get it. over this whole COVID thing, you know, yeah. if we ever do, God, God willing, um, November will let us know. It's Hopefully, t- yeah, yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We'll see. Yeah, I. That is such a tough question for me because I love him as Dread, love, love, love him as Dread, but also what, yeah, what you said, Mike. It's it's more of a full performance. Plus, he can build the character from step from step one, basically, on the boys. So exactly. Whereas Dread is kind of an unchanging character. That is very true. That's true. That that and you're comparing one movie to um, sixteen episodes of television. It, it's yeah. a little bit of an apples to oranges comparison. Yeah. But I was I was trying to think in my head. I'm like, they split up the screen time pretty well. I was thinking in my head. I'm like, does he have about two hours worth of total screen time in the boys? I was like. But yeah, I get it. It's a lot longer over. Coming off of this, I, I, yeah. Well, one one more thing I wanted to say about Dread real quick is that the thing that I liked about that movie too was that he had he was kind of a mentor figure in that movie in a strange way, and that was an interesting kind of take. That is very true. But I yeah, need to go okay, back and watch, and watch Dread. It's really good. With what you were saying? Sorry. No, I was going to say. Hopefully, we could get him to say, "I am the law." Yeah. <laughs> <in> the <boys. laughs> just in that accent would be the best oh my god that would be great i am the law yeah i'm the law you fucking cunt 
And it's, I love how also Huey point blank calls about on how people always get inaccurately called a pussy when they're being weak. And someone finally in a movie or a TV show called him out where he's like, you're, you're saying it all wrong. You're meaning people's weak. They could take a lot of punishment. And I based almost every life decision I've ever made based off of that. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's just, that uh, everyone I, I cannot say it enough everyone is so well damn cast in this movie for what exactly what they want them to be just oh i hope jack quake gets more work off of this because oh that one episode was it was it episode seven where they ended with starlight's like anthem yes oh my <laughs> god so freaking funny i was like yes. cracking up at that because yeah that's that was a perfect ending song. Yeah, was it also? I don't know if that was was that the same episode where they were in the car ride and she could not get anything but her anthem off the radio. Yeah, yeah, was, oh, oh, God. yeah, that was so good. That was so funny though because it's like you know it shows off her talent, but at the same time it also kind of lampoons how every time something really bad happens. Or, or every time there's like something really serious going on in the world, what do we do? Is we have somebody like sing a, a really insipid pop anthem. It is, it is very, very true. And but like, yeah, yeah, that's what I love about this show is that they they are just totally mocking society, which I also do in my free time. Yes, <laughs> we need to have more episodes of Mother's Milk being a chaperone for those to want to date. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh. that's the thing I love. Like I love I love the small moments like that when characters yeah. just get to talk about about themselves. Yeah. And I'm and going to be about, bunking and, donuts. and I'm going to be bunking with mother's milk. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the donut talk with the comparing the dads. That's right. That was so good. And like his OCD moments that I never mentioned that she brings up. Man, like tapping the thing three times for signaling. It was, I wonder if that's, yeah, it's, oh, I, I really like Mother's Book if you haven't noticed. He's one of my favorite characters in the he's entire great. show. He's so yeah, good. He's awesome. Has he been in a lot of other stuff that I would recognize or Laz from? Or is this Let one of the first? See. He was in Avatar. He was in the first Fast and the Furious movie. Huh. He was in LA's Finest. He was in Armed. Mysteries of Laura, Single Ladies. He's back in Fast Wait, he was in Detroit? Yeah. Really? Breakout Kings, Southland. He was back in Fast Furious 6, but uncredited. He was in Stop the Yard? What? (laughs) He was in Bones. Okay. Entourage as Snoop's assistant. Huh. (laughs) Oh, good. Hope this gets him a lot more work, because, man, all these are is, like, one episode offs since, like, 2000. Yeah, I I need to wait. He was in Constantine. What? Shut the hell up. Where? He's the uh, morgue security guard. Huh. The movie Constantine or the show? The movie. Oh, the the uh, Keanu Reeves. Yep. Also, they had uh, I can't think of his name from the originals as A Train's brother was another small one that I noticed was a CW thing. If anyone watches the originals, <laughs> I have watched some of the Vampire Diaries, so. Hope that all these guys get really long-lasting careers off this. Really a fairly decent show. Um, so as as we're winding down, um, what what are some of your favorite episodes from either season one or season two? Um, 
outside of the outside of love sausage i really liked the sage grove episode because you got a lot of backstory with um sarah yeah, that in that one cool episode yeah um backstory with uh that was also another moment now that i'm thinking about it i was going to say the backstory with becca the first time you get to see it the moment where they had homelander talking with uh vogelbaum about how becca died and you see the kid clawing its way out of her stomach oh god i i forgot about that scene yeah yeah that was like that was one where i went okay what what but like that was a really good one because it led to the miscarriage thing with stillwell like she's a really good liar but when she doesn't know the full story she can't lie correctly so that was another great episode uh the 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 i can't remember what the episode name is but the one with the airliner when uh homelander and mave try and rescue the people because that was the one where i where i was fully convinced that homelander is the worst person on the planet outside of stillwell oh yeah i i think that i think that might be probably like one one of the biggest turning points of the series not not because not because we didn't know how bad Homelander was, but like now, now there's like there's like witnesses. Yeah, and that speech at the end where it's like, if we would have known right away, we could have got to that plane and saved everybody else. And Maeve just has to shake her head because she's terrified of Homelander doing something. I'm just like, oh, and that was the moment where I'm just like, I'm looking at Albert Wesker. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> that is what I'm doing. True. <laughs> oh man. Yeah but yeah it it's just yeah those are mine and like the rest of them just always have really good moments but like those are the ones that had the most like consistency of just like moment after moment after moment of stuff happening and then the last episode of season two obviously it was just non-stop the whole way through oh yeah uh i think some some of my favorite episodes are in season one it's, it's tough because i did watch like at the time i watched the whole thing in basically a a day so some of the episodes kind of kind of blur together but one of the episodes i liked was um i forget exactly which one it was it was um annie and huey's like first date oh the bowling alley yeah the bowling alley nice that that's that's when i knew that's when i knew that i was really going to like these two characters and that's right on her shit about bowling (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's that's when they establish these two are endgame from from season two it's um the the mental hospital one yeah is is one of my favorites the finale because the end and the other one pro- probably like um like the fir- the first episode of season two because that's because that's when that's when they really start to set up the new the new status quo that is for sure a lot more of what the show was going to be i think like <clears throat> the second half or or even like from episode four on of season one i really liked that whole run um because you had the female of the species which which was the introduction of kimiko kimiko that's a good uh good for the soul just because i like all the religious sort of commentary um the innocence was kind of an interesting one the self-preservation society with the flashbacks to to butcher um i i think it was that episode I, where I think, they flash back think, to like the holiday party, the Christmas party. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. their two season finales have been great. 
like season two, I liked uh, the the introduction to Sage the Grove. collective. Yeah, yeah, Sage Grove was good. Um, what was the one where they fought with Black Noir, where he tracked them down and like and butchered everybody had to fight with Black Noir at, at the house where he yeah. was where he went to go visit his aunt. Yeah, that was after. Was that is that we gotta go now? Maybe. That was where he split with the guys. That was like episode four or five. It was one of the mid episodes. Yeah. I don't remember exactly which one because he leaves because, oh, wow. Why does he walk away from them again? Oh, because uh, she refuses to she leave. She refuses, she refuses to leave without the kid. That's what it that's was. That's right. And yeah. he calls him a soup freak and that's why he goes away. Yep, that's what it was. And Butcher Baker Candlestick Maker was good too. Yeah, yeah. Really, really, I think just the second half of season two. The second halves for both seasons were really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the first four episodes in both seasons are just setting up what's going to happen, and then they just rapid fire it yeah. from like episode five all the way down. They're and I like good. the fact that it's eight episode seasons. Like, it's not like super long. I'm I'm really starting to think like eight. Eight is the sweet spot when it comes to um, like web television. Like mm-hmm. show, like shows like shows on Netflix or Amazon or any of the streaming services, eight eight seems to somehow be the sweet spot because as as I've observed watching the net like the Marvel Netflix shows, 13, 13 is too long because it gets too padded. And they mm-hmm. yeah, they slow it down a lot. Yeah. Like that was my thing with the Punisher, was that like, you know, when if I'm watching the Punisher, I expect fast paced, but yeah. it wasn't. And I was a little disappointed in that, even though I ended up liking season one overall, but those first few episodes were so padded. I, I really liked season two, but I, I agree wholeheartedly that th- things, things moved at kind of a snail's pace. Yeah. And even, and even though the, def- like, the Defenders was only eight episodes, mm-hmm. that, that still had the same pacing problems as it the did. other shows. To a degree, yeah. But you still had like more interactions between them, so it kind of evened it out. Right. And the like worst if you can do good is, character, uh, if you do good character interactions with between all of them, like Jessica Jones just constantly taking the piss on Iron Fist, you know, and, and just like completely destroying him verbally. I always like that. So yeah. The worst part is, and like me and Mike talk about this constantly when we used to do Arrowverse reviews, is the 24 episodes is murder for trying to tell stories because you can't close things up. Yeah. And these first two seasons of the boys. They cover so much in 16 total episodes because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they never have a moment where they're not doing something in the show. Yeah, exactly. They have to. Yeah. Like it, it forces you to, to be more inventive. Mm-hmm. Also, these shows are a little bit more expensive. So yeah. Yeah. So you have, you have sh- like shorter seasons, but you put more, you put more uh, elbow grease in, into them uh, Wait, yeah that's why that's why the bbc only has like three episode seasons yep. three episode volumes <laughs> yeah and, and they're all like and each episode's like an hour and a half long yeah exactly but one thing i'm excited for is that um a the show already has a good budget mm-hmm. but the boys view wise and like stream number wise is obliterating everything else yep. so that budget gonna go up yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing a spinoff. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, aside, aside from the the hopeful release of suit porn, 
Uh, God, I forgot about that until you just mentioned it again. Um, no, but the but for real, the spin the spinoff is um, it's called G Men, and it's basic it's basically it's basically the boys universe version of kind of kind of like Hunger Games meets Sky High. Yeah. Oh boy, is that a combination of things I thought I'd never hear in the same sense. Yeah, um, described as being part college show, part Hunger Games, the spinoff is to be set at America's only college exclusively for young adult superheroes run, <laughs> and, and run by Vought International. The spinoff so is, go- is uh, described as an irreverent R-rated series that explores the lives of hormonal competitive soups as they put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test, competing for the best contracts in the best cities. So we're going to get to see their version of the School for Gifted Youngsters. Yep. Basically. I'm so excited. (laughs) Basically. Because if I get to see a version of Charles Xavier that's a douchebag, I'm going to be quite excited. (laughs) (laughs) The skeevy college professor Charles Xavier, give me that all day. (laughs) Be like, have you heard of heterochromia? (laughs) And they already, I say, they already had their version of Wolverine, but she's dead. Popclaw, yeah. The fact Pop that she claw. died for that, oh, that was another thing. Oh, that, that was ridiculous. The, hor- the heroin overdose thing. And Ugh. the, and the, uh, the, the literal death by Snoo Snoo when she like oh. crushes that guy's <laughs> head. Oh no. I was like, it would be really funny if she crushes that guy's head when she orgasms. And then she did it and I'm like, <laughs> there's a lot of disturbing stuff like that in this show but that's why that's why we love it oh what yeah. does that say about us like yeah you should watch this show oh what happens in this episode oh yeah she can't pay her rent so she has that guy eat out her ass and she accidentally crushes his head when she uh orgasms it's really great you should give it a try after sunday church it's <laughs> awesome <laughs> In the first episode, some guy who's supposed to be the Flash basically runs through another person, and they're all that's left is blood and guts. And it's because he's on a drug overdose. He brags about it later, and he laughs. Yeah, and the fact of how they present that scene too is like all you slowly see is the blood, and then you zoom down to Robin. That was and crazy. The hands. That that was crazy, man. But boy, does it leave an impression. Yeah, it does. Eric Kripke, when he has ideas, he knows what he wants to do. Oh yeah. yeah oh very yeah. Good. Very good. Oh. This, this has been a very fun conversation. Brock, <laughs> I'm especially glad that like that you jumped onto the boys being being the big supernatural fan that you are. Mm-hmm. Oh dude. Mm-hmm. When when they kept talking about I legitimately forgot that Kripke was doing this show because he the last show that he was gonna do after Supernatural, like for anyone who's watched Supernatural, he wanted it to end at five episodes. And if you watch the show and you see how they kind of stinger it to get the sixth season, you could tell why he wanted how he wanted it to end, which it's all good. Then he tried, oh, that show where like um, everyone lost their electricity or like the world got- Oh, Revolution. Revolution, thank you. That I hear didn't last very long. It didn't. It didn't, but it's like, he's a very talented person who knows how to visualize what he wants. And then I'm like, yeah, I heard he's getting another thing, and then I totally spaced it out because I haven't watched anything from him. And then all of a sudden, I start watching this again, and I'm like, "That's right." I will. This always, was the show. <laughs> I will always 
love Supernatural for that one episode where they went into all the TV shows or something. Changing channels. Changing channels, yes. And then they end up on the on the Japanese game show that's called Nuts Cracker. <laughs> what is he going to do? What is he going to do? Oh, <laughs> no, no, no! Hiro Kanagawa, by the way, that actor who played the 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 game show host there, the Nutscracker host, he was excellent. The worst part is that is That's not parody. There are That's actual game shows like that surprised. there. Like yeah, yeah. there is one that small tangent that we could be done. Like I didn't know about it till I watched the Game Grumps. There's just a TV show over there where you answer trivia questions, and if you mm-hmm. get one wrong, a man's bare naked ass slowly approaches you for every wrong answer you have. <laughs> no, Japan's weird. I love it. I love it. It's it's like on the Simpsons episode where George Takei was the game show host in Japan, and he says he says to them, "Your game shows reward knowledge. We punish ignorance." Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You remember most extreme elimination challenge? I have I have it on DVD. Oh my god. <laughs> and he played it <laughs> Extreme Elimination Challenge. That was, my, <laughs> that was the only reason I ever watched Spike. Yeah, man. Nick Romano and Kenny Blankenship. That was the first time <laughs> where I like I didn't Kenny I didn't realize what the dubs were. I was so young when I watched it, I was kind of like they have really American sounding voices. <laughs> and then and then you realize, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then it was just like, yeah, the, the show was so dumb and they ran out of footage. I'm pretty sure that's why that they stopped doing it. I believe the show they were watching is Takeshi's Castle. Yes, it was. Yes. Yep. Yeah, man, that thing was gold. I could still hear that. Do you it's guys remember best. also like while we're talking about cheesy game shows? Do you remember like um, the the old American game show called American Gladiators? That and Dog Eat Dog. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> so freaking funny. It, it was like Malibu, and <laughs> um, uh, I can't remember any of the, like. And then it's basically what Titan Games is now. Yeah. But yeah, that was so much like just like surfer dude, like bruh, like all these personalities. It was. American Gladiators, man, that was um, so like they had Storm and like like they had X Men names for crying out all loud. these X Men names, like yeah, <laughs> that's TV will never get back again. The yeah, game, game show great. industry is like it's on, on another planet. That's why they get the Game Show Network. That was one of the only things I watched when I was younger, and I would watch like old freaking match games and stuff like that with Charles Nelson Riley and all that. Man, I'm gonna I'm getting to be an old man. <laughs> just feel it i hate these dang newfangled tv shows can you imagine how i feel i'm like sitting here like i'm getting gray hairs guys it's not fun it's not fair anymore life is not fair no especially this year oh god God, we at least have tv yeah 2020 good good thing we had the boys to uh good thing to keep us sane okay uh a couple of things that i want to say about the boys real quick um about the cast is that karen fukuhara is the cutest person alive um, if you've seen her on like the the behind the scenes stuff, like the Aisha Tyler hosted um, the behind the scenes stuff on Amazon Prime. Nice. It, that's called like uh, it's called like Inside the Boys or something. Um, so she's on the final, she's on the finale episode of that, and she is just the cutest thing. Um, if I'm not mistaken, she also plays Katana in Suicide Squad. She was Katana right? in Suicide Squad. She's yeah, also she's the voice awesome. of uh, Kipo in Kipo in the Kipo, Yeah, yeah. So like you said, the, I, I know we talked about this one time, Mike, but yeah, she's her career is is 
going pretty well. Oh yeah. And she has to come back as Katana again because she's really good. Yes. Um I would love also, that. Aya Cash, who plays Stormfront, um, who is actually not a Nazi, everybody. Come on now. Yeah, Aya Cash is, is super cool. She's super cool. She's amazing. And uh and everybody should watch You Are the Worst. But yeah, so as I was saying, Aya Cash is awesome on You're the Worst. So definitely people should more people should watch that show. It was really good. I will put but, that on my on my list because You're the Worst. I, like I, a, I Akash is really good at being the worst. She is actually, and I mean that in the complimentary way. Oh yeah, she was very. <laughs> but no, she's well. It's it's her and uh, also the the guy who was playing opposite her was uh, I think his name is Chris Gear. Yeah, and even Cora herself is on that show. Janet Varney. She was she played a character on that show. Oh nice. Yeah, I love that show. Um, so anyway. I mean, look at these names, okay? Like, Aya Cash played Gretchen Cutler, <laughs> and Chris Gere played uh, Jimmy Shive Overly, is his name. Nice. The one rapper whose name is Shitstain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really need to watch this show. Oh, wow. Nice. The other guy's named Honey Nuts. <laughs> okay, so anyway. before, yeah. before we go, um, one, la- one last thing. I want to do is give the floor to Kiona because he has a section on the website called uh, the Comics Corner. There we go. Oh, the Comics Column. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so we just started a thing. Uh, I'm working on the third, uh, the third issue, the third column um, called the Comics Column, and it's basically, it's a website only thing. It's just an article. It's not a podcast. Uh, basically, I read through a bunch of comics and just do little capsule reviews and. Um, uh, well, the, the Joker War one was actually pretty long, but I'm trying to make it so that, that I go over at least maybe, you know, five to five to eight comics and just write little little reviews of them and try to keep a good mix of Marvel, DC, and indies in there. Uh, yeah, it's just something that, you know, not, not too many people have apparently seen it on the website, so I just wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit and just say that, you know, if you guys are interested in reading comics and stuff, it's it's cool. I, I One of the things that that kind of gets to me a little bit is like you go to comic cons now and it's very it's not really about the comics anymore it's about all the adaptations and everything and that's fine but it's you know it's just got to remember our roots a little bit exactly Um, yeah and and the root of all this stuff that we're enjoying is is comics the boys are a comic you know like avengers of course is a comic and x-men is finally getting a push from from marvel you know Again, like after years of not really getting one, um, the the Ten of Swords crossover is really really good, guys. I've found a wrestling comic by like this this company called Mad Cave Studios. It's called Over the Ropes. Really? Yeah, it's a wrestling comic, and it's actually it's it's an original storyline. And the guy that they have uh, as as like the champion as like the main good guy in the book is is uh, he kind of looks like Sting. Nice. Speaking yeah. of co- wrestling comics. Anyone who has not seen them, and I hope you have, Kiona, you should look up the Ultimate Warrior comics. I knew oh, someone to bring this up. <laughs> I really need to, yeah. Because those things are ridiculous. <laughs> they, they are Dude, all as, those comic books. Yeah, they are as wild as, as um, like as the Ultimate Warrior himself. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane. You want to oh, hear yeah. him do monologues about a scorpion in the middle of the desert for like six <laughs> issues? It's the stupidest shit. <sighs> He's a weird man. Weird, weird man. <laughs> Ch- 
changed his name to Ultimate Warrior just so they couldn't get the copyright. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, and uh, so, yeah, like in my first column, I, I kind of covered like the titles like Cyberpunk 2077, The Trauma Team, uh, which is a Dark Horse comic. Also, Lonely Receiver, which I hope to get those guys on on our show as an interview, um, the people that wrote and drew Lonely Receiver, because that's a really good, like a horror relationship book, nice. kind of an anti-romance, which I love. Ooh. Um, yeah, uh, covered Gotham Central and Sandman in that first column. So, like, you know, we go over some of the classics as well as the new stuff. And in the second one, I kind of did a look at Joker War and did uh, took a look at Over the Ropes and Miles to Go, which is another indie book. So, yeah, you know, we try to try to have a little bit more written content on the site. So, hopefully, that'll that'll work for everybody. Yeah. So, if you're ever if you're ever looking for uh, comic book recommendations, definitely check out Kiona's col- comic column. Mm-hmm. And with that, that will conclude this episode of Capes <laughs> on the Renegade Pop Culture Network. Um, before we head out, uh, Brock, where can everyone find you online? Um, you can find me at Everything Organoid Zero, mostly Twitch. Other than that, me and Mike do fresh takes. We're currently going through Gurn Lagan. And Mike, something for Mike pretty soon, depending upon when we want to get to it. He will get his first fresh takes. It'll be a one-off because it is not a series. I'm pretty excited about it. And yeah, I stream on Mondays and Wednesdays and most Fridays. So if you want to come and check it out, it's free. You don't got to subscribe. I just appreciate having the people to talk. So it's cool. (laughs) And Kiona? Well, you can find me on Instagram at Neoplasmic24. Also on Facebook and Twitter at Kiona Tang, K-E-O-N-A-T-A-N-G. Renegade Pop Culture on Twitter and Facebook at Ren Pop Culture. And the Facebook group is at facebook.com slash group slash RPC42. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CaptainK42. Check out all my quick thought reviews on letterbox.com slash CoachK42. And find me in all the various Facebook groups, including our own, just at my name. Don't forget, you can find our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get them. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, check out renegadepopculture.com. Need to escape? So do we. That concludes this episode of Capes. We will catch you guys later. Peace out. <laughs>